Alrighty, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back with our AFC wrap-up coming up uh, on the evening of the last game of week number 13 between the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens. And Wiz, we do not have an undefeated team left in the NFL any longer. I don't know what is going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers play calling, but I don't like it one bit. Yeah, how you doing? Um, that was a strange game. Pittsburgh up 14 nothing at home. That game is supposed to be over. Uh, Washington was Gibson in one of the you know first, a second series of the game, and uh, and and amazingly, Washington came back and uh, and won the game. And uh, I, I I just look at that those play calls and some of these offensive schemes that the Steelers are running and these pass plays that that he throws, especially to Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, my God. I mean, what receiver in today's game catches seven passes for 28 yards? Yeah. I mean... I'm I'm speechless watching this offense right now. This this is too good a wide receiving core to be calling the plays. I don't know if if it's that Roethlisberger can't plant to get the ball down the field. I know we tried it on the first play to Claypool, but how how is it, it, it... I, I mean, I know the running game has struggled this year, but basically they're using the passing game as a running game, but there's way too much talent here to do that. And by the way, Eric Ebron, oh my God. he How many balls did he drop last night? Him, I'm going to say in the last two games that Pittsburgh played that Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson combined must have dropped 15 passes. In the, in the two years combined. I don't even know how many. I don't know if somebody's like considered drops or a little bit behind, but I'm talking about how many balls were not completed that are supposed to be completed to an NFL tight end or wide receiver. And I'll say in the last two weeks, combining those two players, maybe 15 passes. Some of the drops that Eric Ebron dropped, like – you can have catch with a 10-year-old kid off the streets and put him in a Steelers uniform and he's going to catch those passes. I am just amazed how, 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 how bad these drops were and uh, how, many, how many drives were killed by drop passes. Yeah, and I worry about the Steelers too, right? You know, they lost they lost Devin Bush. They've lost Dupree. And, you know, their defense played okay in this particular game. Uh, although Spillane got hurt in this game, and that's something that we want to watch for. But you start losing more and more defensive players. Uh, it's not a good setup. And the Steelers come, you know, they. You, we've talked about this, about the number one seed in the AFC. Right now, I think the Kansas City Chiefs got to be licking their chops because Pittsburgh doesn't look like that type of team right now. I know there's all kinds of statistics around the team that's been undefeated this late into the season, but they're not playing their best football. They need to get James Conner back uh, because without him, this offensive game is even more AWOL. So, yeah, some, uh, for an 11-1 team right now, Pittsburgh's got some concerns around it. Yeah, I mean, and, and then, you know, you're talking about them not playing well, and it's one thing to be playing at home against the Ravens with a depleted COVID team and to be home against the Washington football team. Um, then to go into the next week and have to go into Buffalo, who's playing and hitting on all cylinders, um, they're not going to win scoring 13 points against Buffalo. I, I know Steelers have a good defense, but 
Josh Allen and that Buffalo offense looks like they mean business. And uh, if Pittsburgh doesn't score and put up points in a game, they, they're not going to have much of a chance in that game against Buffalo. So, you know, Pittsburgh, we talked a little bit about their schedule. It's, it's pretty tough coming into the – with the exception of the Cincinnati game in Week 16 – they got Buffalo. I think they play Cleveland in Week 17, and we know that the you know the Browns are definitely playing better football right now. And then they they have to, um, if I'm not mistaken, they play the Colts at home in Week 16. So you know there are a lot of ramifications here, uh, but Pittsburgh's got to get their act straightened out. Let's talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know they've gotten to a little bit better weather conditions. Baker Mayfield put on a show against Tennessee. Um, you know, Nick Chubb doing his thing. Uh, Cleveland's got a lot of confidence here. The offense has confidence, and Baker Mayfield played one of his better games uh, this year against the Titans. I think Baker Mayfield may have played the best game as, as an NFL career um, in in that game. I, he was terrific, and this is what they want to do. They want to run the ball. They want to make throws off the play-action pass and – you know, Nick Chubb, once again, another terrific game. ADR's rushing, didn't get a lot of carries. Um, but Higgins and Landry, and then finally now because of the injury to Hodges that Donald Peoples-Jones from Michigan is getting a chance to play, and he put some up and, uh, you know, out and up move on the Titans, and that was an easy long touchdown pass. And uh, if the Browns can add making big plays in the passing game to their resume of ground and pound with Nick Chubb and Kareem, and Hunt, Kareem Hunt, they're going to put up points no matter who they're playing. They they That running back duo is, is terrific. And, uh, yeah, I knew Nick Chubb after what the Titans did last year to cost him the rushing title was going to play with a lot of fire, and he was uh, he was dynamic as always. You know, that sets up as well for this particular week. The Browns and Ravens, let's see what the Ravens do tonight. But the Browns and Ravens square each square off against each each other in week number fourteen. Yeah, that'll be that'll that'll be a good team and that'll be a you know, a good game and uh yeah, we'll see how the Ravens do and how you know the Ravens look uh with Lamar Jackson coming back um after missing some time with, with COVID himself and uh and see, you know, how they're playing, but they're going to have to step up their game because Cleveland has got it going on right now. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen, uh, you know, just another tremendous effort last night. Um, this is a team that's now they got a game, they got a game up on uh, the Miami Dolphins here. They are playing terrific. Cole Beasley, we talked about Gabriel Davis. We know what Diggs has done. Uh, looks like the it, I, one thing. It looks like the tide might have turned back again in this game. Zach Moss fumbled twice, and Singletary. I don't think he really got back on the field after that second fumble. And Singletary really took advantage of that in this ball game. Strange game. Singletary got hurt early. It looked like he was going to be out maybe the whole game. And then Zach Moss had fumbling issues. And then Singletary played very, very well. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, neither guy is going to be completely outcarried like 24 to 3 or something like, you know, that. I, I think it'll eventually go back to a little bit more of a timeshare. But right now, if you're feeling good about one of those players, it's got to kind of be Singletary at this point. But, uh, you got to be feeling good if you want Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, Gabriel Davis. Uh, Knox has even been much more in the, involved in the passing game, and uh, and Josh Allen is just playing terrific football. 
uh, speaking of terrific football, on the defensive side of it, Miami Dolphins continue to dominate. Granted, they played against that weak Cincinnati defense, Cincinnati offense, but the Dolphins defense comes to play each and every week. They got Miles Gaskin back in this game. Tua was back. He was able to get the ball to Gasicki and to uh, Devontae Parker a little bit. Uh, but the Miami Dolphins, we've talked about this for a while. This is a team that is headed for the playoffs. And Tua had a pretty decent game after taking a, a, a one-game break with uh, with his injury. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Dolphins uh, as they wind down the, towards the end of the season here, Wiz? Well, I think week 14, the rubber meets the road. We're going to see how good that defense, because 15 from Kansas City comes into town this week. And um, you're not going to be playing against the Jets or the Bengals. You know, you want to test your defense. This is the ultimate test. Uh, I am looking forward to this uh, game. I, I think, you know, the Dolphins are going to have to score some points. They're going to be have to be much, much better and efficient. When they got down inside the five-yard line, they could not run it in at all. Um even against the Bengals, I mean, they, they could not run the ball in with Gaskin. They must have thrown the – I would say Miles Gaskin and Devontae Parker, between rushing attempts inside the five and passing attempts inside the five, got combined five rushes and five balls thrown to them, and they came up with zero touchdowns combined with all of that usage and. If you're going to be Kansas City, you're not going to be playing Kansas City and holding them down to seven points in the fourth quarter like against the Bengals where that red zone inefficiency didn't come back to haunt them. So that is something that they are going to have to work on. And right now, it looks like the answer is, okay, let me just throw it up to Gesicki. He's going to catch everything. And he has been in the middle of the field, in the red zone, in the end zone. He's been terrific and uh I'm just saying that their inefficiency when they get down deep into the red zone uh, inside the 10 has got to be perfect against Kansas City. So I am really looking forward to this matchup. I know our boy Eric Brown, a diehard Miami Dolphins fan, is fired up for his Dolphins. And uh, this is a really great test to see um, what your defense could do against probably – one of the greatest offenses uh, in NFL history. Well, you know, it's interesting. Aside from Kansas City, they play Buffalo in Week 17. They play against the Raiders in that Saturday night special uh, after Christmas uh, that the NFL uh, made a uh, a swing week, if you will, where they pick the game. So that the marquee game that night will actually be the Raiders against the Dolphins. And then they play against the New England Patriots in Week 15. So the Dolphins are going to have a say in how they finish the season and if they're, in fact, going to be a playoff team in the AFC this year. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the Dolphins love their roster. I just, I just love it. Uh, I love what they did. They play hard. Um, they got a lot of young players, and uh, this is going to be just a, just such an interesting game to me um, to see where the Dolphins are. Will it be a competitive football game, or will Kansas City kind of say, you know, you're good and you're upcoming, but – you know, not right now, and uh, and and really put the, the the pedal to the metal and uh, and 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 win a big game at Miami. So I'm very interested to see how that game shakes out. 
Uh, speaking of not right now, uh, the New England Patriots uh, kind of fly swatted uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, brought Justin Herbert back down to earth. I had talked about in this game about Keenan Allen not being a factor, and certainly he was taken out of this game. The, the uh, defense of the Patriots just ate up this team. Uh, Anthony Lynn looks like he's on his way out for the Chargers. Uh, but boy, uh, the New England Patriots have suddenly, I don't know, New, Cam Newton throws only his third touchdown pass to a wide receiver this year. The running game looks good here. I mean, is, is New England... Do they have enough energy? Do they have enough horses to actually be part of this playoff discussion? Or is this just kind of a one-week situation for them? Well, we're going to find out very, very early, like in two days, when New England travels to play the Rams. And the Rams, I guess, uh, certainly not the same importance, but are trying to get a little bit of revenge from that Super Bowl loss from 2018. So that'll be an interesting game. We'll see if Sean McVay has learned anything um, from running that bland offense that he did in the Super Bowl in the second half of 2018, where the Rams could be a little bit more creative on offense. And I know Cooper Cup didn't play in that game, that Super Bowl, um, and I, I I'm sure he's dying to get out there for this game on Thursday, but this will be interesting to see. I'm just thinking that the Patriots are going to have a difficult time moving the ball in that game because um, I think, you know, the stuff that Cam Newton wants to do, that's where Aaron Donald patrols, and uh, I'm not sure that they're going to have uh, an easy time moving the ball. And uh, they may play another good defensive game, but I don't know if it's going to be quite enough to beat the Rams. It was interesting with the play, with the pleasantries of uh, travel uh, and the NFL schedule, the, the chart, the, the, uh, Patriots are going to play in the same exact stadium that they played in Sunday. They didn't have to leave the time zone. They stayed there. So it'll be very interesting yeah. to see, you know, this particular ball game. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it should be, you know, obviously Bill Belichick, uh, still one of the greatest football coaches out there. I'm very excited to see what ends up happening here. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know, you thought that they would take away, you know, the, the number one uh, option, but they took away everybody. Yeah, they like, did. Big nothing burger. Eckler, nothing burger. Uh, Keenan Allen, Henry, uh, Mike Williams. Like, they just stopped everybody. It wasn't like, you know, they said, we'll pick one guy and let the other guys be the state. They just stopped everyone. But Belichick has just completely shut down every single time he's faced a rookie quarterback. So hopefully it was a learning experience for for Herbert, but uh, we'll see what Sean McVay and Jared Goff has learned from playing the Patriots, and uh, and hopefully that will have a better offensive game plan. And uh, I think they will. And uh, I think I like the Patriots, and I mean I think I like the Rams a lot in this game on Thursday. But uh, but <clears throat> to your point, the Patriots have hung in there when everyone has said, okay, they're absolutely finished. They've come back, won a great game at home against Arizona, a game-winning field goal, and then completely obliterated the Chargers. So I only have one thing to talk about with the Jets, and uh, we spoke a little bit about this player um, 
you know, a few years ago. This was before we started doing the podcast. But Ty Johnson was a guy out of Maryland, um, you know, kind of a shifty guy, a little bit of power. Gore goes down in the beginning of this game. And, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is, you know, pickups this late in the season do matter. And I think in a lot of leagues, Ty Johnson will be available this week. Uh, I was very impressed with his particular play against the Raiders uh, this past Sunday. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about this situation? Obviously, Gore is... You know, what is he, 36, 37 years old? I know Josh Adams also ran effectively in this game. But I think Ty Johnson will be a very, very hot pickup this week. Is he a guy that you can trust coming into the fantasy playoffs if you probably have some injuries or if you're banged up, let's say, in the case of losing a player like Antonio Gibson, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think, you you, you know, he's, he's certainly a good pickup. The problem is this week going into Seattle – who just lost a game that they are furious about and they haven't been able to, you know, teams haven't been able to run on the Seahawks up until the Giants were able to gash them. So coming off that type of game, this is going to be a difficult matchup for the player. But I like him. and I'm interested to see what he could do. And I'd like to see them, you know, use him more in the passing game. Um, so... Yeah, I think he's an interesting pickup, and hopefully if you can win your game, uh, maybe better matchups from the Week 15 or 16. All right, so let's move to the uh, AFC West. And the, the Raiders don't have the uh, luxury of playing against the Jets this week. In comes a very challenging defense uh, in the Indianapolis Colts. It's a big game in the AFC. Uh, we know the statement that Darren Waller made this past Sunday. Uh, just a tremendous effort. Uh, you know, they, the, the Raiders got bailed out uh, by, by the Jets uh, at the end of this game. Uh, hopefully they get Josh Jacobs back. Derek Carr did play a terrific game this past week. But, you know, the Raiders, they've got to find a way to get more consistency in this offense, but it's got to start with Waller. I was really happy to see that usage and I don't see why they should stop doing that, but we know the Colts are going to look to take that away. You know, how, how do you see this happening? Uh, what do you see in this particular ball game as, as we head into week 14? A lot of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think, like I said, I think this could, he could be a league winner for people. Um, terrific game. 90 yards rushing out of like a 30-yard touchdown uh, reception as well, uh, using him out of the backfield. Um, the other guys, you know, weren't really used much. I know Hines, Hines had a touchdown run, but um, it was a lot of Jonathan Taylor, and I think that's what the Colts want to do is they want to get behind that offensive line, they want to run the ball against the Raiders, and uh, I think they're going to feel pretty good about doing that um, this week. And uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is uh, is somebody just to keep your eye on for these fantasy football playoffs. I think he could absolutely be uh, a, re- a real force. And, yeah, I mean, you know, look, while I had one of those games, I, I, I said that, you know, on the podcast, I said I think he's going to catch double-digit passes, and he did. Um yeah, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a good player, but I think, you know, they're not playing against the Jets. They're playing against a competent defense, a very competent defense in the passing game. So it's going to be a terrific matchup. Uh, I'm interested to see what the final result is going to be, but I'm loving Jonathan Taylor in his game. And uh, as far as the Raiders go, yeah, I think, you know, all eyes are going to be whether Jacobs comes back or not. 
And uh, the other game from the AFC, uh, we spoke a little bit about the Chargers, and there really isn't anything exciting to say uh, about what transpired there. But Broncos and, and Chiefs played a kind of a weird game. We, we had talked about this in our, in our, in our podcast yesterday where – you know, two touchdowns taken away from Tyreek Hill. I just can't help but think on the Denver side of this that there just is way too much offensive talent, you know, in the receiving core there. I actually think they have two two okay running backs as well. Uh, and I'm starting to wonder, you know, and I wonder what's going on in the, in the minds of the brass for the Denver Broncos, if Drew Locke's actually going to be the answer here or not. Um, you know, I, Jerry Judy caught one ball in this game. Just some strange stuff that went on. I think there's too much talent here on offense uh, than to see the production that we are seeing. Uh I, the game for the Chiefs' uh, uh, the offense as well was a very strange situation for them as well. But but no no make no mistake about it, the Chiefs are coming to play. You, you don't want to play them right now. It's the best team in. I think it's the best team in the AFC. Uh, but a little bit of a strange game offensively. And one thing is uh, Travis Kelsey over a thousand yards again. He, he's literally unstoppable. I, I look at these DraftKings prop bets every week. He's like around sixty or seventy yards. I don't know why we're not playing the over every week with this guy because he is just absolutely automatic. Did you see the Travis Kelsey post-game interview that he had this past week? <laughs> I did. I did, yes. Okay, that that probably lets you know on the mindset of what Kansas City felt going into this game that he didn't even know who the heck the Chiefs were playing. <laughs> the Raiders played a good game. They converted a lot of third downs. They made some big plays when they needed to in the in the running game. I mean, what does that say when you're so confident and you're looking past the team that you don't even know the right team who you just played? I mean, I've seen a lot of interviews that have been wacky and stuff, but – that's got to be right up there. Really, it really was hilarious. Travis Kelsey is not only a great player, but he is an entertaining fellow as well. Uh, absolutely. Denver. When I watch Denver play, Jerry Judy's hurt. He he's 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 been listed on the injury report. He is not. He's a shell of himself right now. He's just trying to gut it out. Uh, I'm interested long term. I'm looking at that that group of four receivers, and I'm liking it a lot. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, and Cortland Sutton, who's missed a year. I know who you really like. I, I'm liking that group a lot. Uh, Noah Font is not the best blocking tight end in the league, but he's certainly a good receiver uh, from the tight end position. I thought my prediction. <laughs> was that it wasn't going to go well for the Packers this year and Aaron Rodgers would be quarterbacking the Broncos. It may not be Aaron Rodgers, but I think it will be a different veteran quarterback. I don't know if a guy like Sam Donald, the Broncos think like he, you know, a change of scenery. But with the players they have at the skill position, they need to bring in a quarterback who's not going to make the, the mental mistakes that Drew Locke keeps making in his second year, it's kind of like parallel to Baker Mayfield uh, with, the, with the stuff that he did, not playing within himself. Unfortunately for Drew Locke, he doesn't have Nick Chubb, but he is, I think, playing these last games out to determine if he's going to be a starter for them next year. So interesting to see, but... It's a good st- it's a good gig for whoever gets that quarterback job next year if it's not Drew Locke because their receivers are that's a nice heck of a, a young group 
of receivers for the for the Denver Broncos. Uh, t- t- Tim Patrick is very impressive. Uh, you know, he puts out a lot of effort. You know, I know we talk about the young guys that were drafted this year and Judy and Hamler, um, and of course Sutton, who's uh, been on IR since the beginning of the year. But Tim Patrick has impressed me a lot. Um, I, I want to mention two other receivers. Um, uh, that two young, well, one guy's been around a little bit, but one guy's a rookie, and, and that's in the AFC South. Colin Johnson on Jacksonville and Kiki Kuti uh, on on the Houston Texans, and we know Fuller's gone. You know, we talked a little bit about p- potential pickups here as we head into the fantasy playoffs. Are these two guys that you can lean on with some consistency if you have some injuries that you're contending with, Wiz? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but like in about four or five weeks ago, DJ Shark was questionable for the game. And I said, if he misses the game, Colin Johnson is like a super duper sleeper to pick up. DJ Shark ended up up playing the game, seeing how much playing time. But now I think it's, it's evolved into more than that, where they're saying DJ Shark, whether he plays or not, is one thing. He is a better receiver and could do more things than Conley, who just, in my view, is an underachiever. So, yes, I think he's on the field. And quite frankly, I'm not sure how long this Glennon thing is going to last. I don't know if they eventually turn back to Minshew or whatever. But it seems to me that Glennon has a better rapport with Johnson than he even does with DJ Shark. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in a situation where you have some wide receivers that are banged up, COVID, or aren't playing well, or it looks like they're they're dealing with injuries, yeah, I think that's a name to pick up. And uh, Jacksonville just finds themselves into these games. They're like a, a fun team to uh, – have players on, you know, if you want to own some of those players like Robinson and and uh, and, and, and Johnson as well. Just um, definitely interesting because they look to be scoring up, uh, scoring points in position where they have to throw because their defense usually gives up 25 to 35 points a game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking him as a pickup going forward for sure. And uh, Tennessee Titans certainly took a bit of a beat down against the Browns. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go without you because know, you talked about this player actually uh, as, a, as a potential uh, big game player this week, and that was Corey Davis. But if you look at Corey Davis's stats this year, as much as you and I think the world of A.J. Brown, Corey Davis has been tremendous this season. And, you know, I know you had a wager with uh, our friend Term along the way. And Corey Davis has actually been nothing but disappointing up to this point. But he has quietly put together a phenomenal season. And we could see two 1,000-yard receivers on a team with Derrick Henry on the Tennessee Titans this year. And I think that's a pretty remarkable situation. Yeah, Corey Davis was one of these guys. He, he you know, he played in that Mid-American Conference and he is one of these guys who is so silky smooth and such a skilled route runner that it, it was almost unbelievable how disappointing he was. And it's a strange thing that I have, that I think happened there because I, I think, you know, last year being AJ Brown's rookie year, I think, you know, still the main focus was on Corey Davis and it allowed AJ Brown to catch the league by storm. And you could kind of see what was going to happen 
in the second half of the season with Tannehill throwing the ball to A.J. Brown. And now this year that A.J. Brown is like almost on a weekly basis an unstoppable force, whether it's knocking people into the end zone or outrunning them at that size of his, which is almost impossible to believe, as he's gotten this attention, it's kind of allowed Corey Davis to go under the radar and play this silky smooth number two receiver, and it has worked out perfectly for him. And uh, I think he's an unrestricted free agent, so I'm not sure where the landing spot's going to be. But, yeah, I mean, if you have Corey Davis in a dynasty league, you could really hit the jackpot. I mean, you know, you never know when Kansas City is looking to sign one of these second receivers. You know, I'm not sure how many more years Watkins is going to play. So anything is possible. But right now, yeah, I mean, you think of Metcalf and Lockett and Thielen and Justin Jefferson, as we talked um, with the NFC podcast. But uh, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are a dynamic one-two punch. All right, so that's uh, that's all I have on on, on the recap side. Um, you know, do you have anything else to add on uh, on, uh, on on these guys in the AFC? Oh uh, no, I, I mean, uh, in the, in the, I mean, as far as um, are we finished talking about teams? Because I wanted to mention something about Houston. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, please. Yeah, I mean, we didn't mention Houston in this podcast, but it's it's pretty unbelievable what has happened in the last month here to Houston's top four receivers. Let's go over this one by one. Kenny Stills, released. Randall Cobb, IR. Will Fuller, PED suspension. And now Brandon Cooks, a concussion where he's had the history of concussions. I mean, I have not seen a team get depleted of their top four receivers all in different ways. And, uh, and I'm just a little concerned with and and Kute was a you know a great pickup. You picked him up two weeks ago, um, and now he's a hot on the waiver wire of any league that he's available in, and uh, he looks to be good. But I'm just saying, wow, what has happened to that receiving core with the Texans? Well, one guy that did show up after uh, the injury is uh, a kid named Chad Hansen. Um, who actually ended up having a, a pretty big game as well in this particular ball game? Maybe he's a player, depending on what happens with Brandon Cooks, uh, because we talked about this coming into the season. This is a player with significant uh, history from concussions, so they can play it very, very cautious here. They're not going to make the playoffs. So Chad Hansen might be another guy for people to take a look at on waiver wires. Yeah, certainly. He played a strong game, so. Uh... We'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how that continues. But it's just amazing that Deshaun Watson seems to be throwing the ball to two or three different guys every single week. And uh, and uh, what what a heartbreaking way for them to lose this past week. And uh, yeah, I mean, as somebody who liked the under in the game uh, was like, I don't even know how many points there were at halftime for that game to go under was a miracle in itself. But as far as the ending goes. That's just kind of way it's been for Houston, when you say, this year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, I've got some traveling that's going on the next few days. The next time we're going to be come back, coming back to you guys is on Sunday morning. We'll, we'll do an early one and, and get it out for you, player props for the week, gambling lines and stuff. I do want to talk about that game on Thursday night, though, as you mentioned it, Rams 
are, visit, are at home against the visiting New England Patriots. Uh, right now, I think the line I saw was at five and a half or six. It's kind of been moving around a little bit between those two spots. Um, yeah, it's like 40, yeah, it's five and a half or six. And like the total was like around 44, 45. So let's let's talk a little bit about that game, uh, real quick. Again, uh, you know, you you you've mentioned some stuff already. You know, again, this is not a dynamic offense of the Patriots, uh, but they're also playing against a team that's not that dynamically. You know, again, they've not, they've struggled to put points on the board, uh, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. So shut out the, the 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 Patriots are coming off that shutout against the Chargers. This is an interesting game, a little bit of a chess match again between Parcells and Sean McVay. Uh, you know, how do you see this game kind of finishing out? And um, do you have any strong thoughts on this game? Player props are not out on out as of yet, but I'm just curious if you have some preliminary thoughts on this game. Yeah, we may see another shutout. Shutout, except this time I think the Patriots may get shut out. I mean, I'm just I'm kind of kidding, but not really. I mean, I just think the Patriots are going to have a, a, such a difficult time moving the ball uh, in this game. And you know, look what happened against uh, the Chargers: interceptions and block kicks for touchdowns and punt returns for special, you know, special teams touchdowns and just from moving the ball from scrimmage. As long as the bad Jared Goff and he he can show up, doesn't show up, and the Rams get on top of them in this game, I think I like the Rams in a complete and total blowout of the Patriots on Thursday. That's interesting. Yeah, look, I'm 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 not going to fight against it because I was just as shocked at everybody that that, you, that the Patriots won that game forty five to nothing. I actually thought you know that that it would be one of those games where. The Patriots would be in a dogfight a little bit against this team, but you know, unfortunately, the Chargers didn't decide to show up in this particular game. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Uh, the Rams probably have a lot of confidence coming into this game. They'll be at home this week. I'd like to see that same offensive approach coming into the week. Do you agree with me that the tides kind of turned here for Cam Akers and the Rams? Yeah, I think you know that's that's what they want to do. I mean, I, I, I was saying all along that. We have not heard the last of Cam Akers. I mentioned I must have said that on, on several of the podcasts. And yeah, you know, he got off to a slow start and was kind of injured and didn't, was having a difficult time, like figuring out how to fit into what the Rams are doing. And now he just seems like he's playing with confidence and uh, he can do a lot of things. And let me tell you something: he he hasn't been a big factor, I don't think, yet in the passing game, but he is terrific. Uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. And it's only a matter of time before they start using him in the screen game. And I think uh, that's where he's going to make some big plays down the stretch. And uh, look, anytime that after that, Henderson can come in there and do his thing and and then sprinkle in a, a little bit of Malcolm Brown. That's what they want to do. But the Rams want to get on top of you and kind of show a lot of versatility. And again, they want to get very close to that number of 20 completions to Woods and Cooper Cup and some Tyler Higby mixed in there as well. And uh, and Reynolds is uh, is looking very, very good. So um, I'm just thinking that this is really going to be a big win for the Rams. I mean, yeah, I think I'm loving the Rams in this game, matter of fact. Yeah, I like the Rams as well. Uh, probably not as... Uh... Uh, expressive as you, but I think this is a this is a New England Patriot defense that can't hang with this particular team. So 
Uh, I, I see this going in the Rams' direction. Uh, we'll have to take a look at that line uh, as we get closer to it. Um, that's all I have for you, Wiz. Uh, anything further to add before we uh, sign off until early Sunday morning? No, I'm very interested to see how it looks uh, tonight uh, from uh, DraftKings. Let's just talk about that real quick. Tonight, the showdown game, because uh, last game of the week, I don't know if they're doing a Tuesday-Thursday night thing, uh, but for the showdown perspective, I'll, you know, I'll give you a minute to think about it while I uh, talk about this. I'm going to go with this Devin Duvernay. I think I'm interested to see him being used more with Lamar Jackson, and I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm going to spread Sprinkle in some Devin Duvernay as my um, as my as my sleeper uh, kind of like guy to key around on drafting tonight because the salary is low. And I, I'm kind of liking, believe it or not, I think Elliot may have a you know I don't know what kind of game he's going to have, but I, I'm kind of like Pollard who every once in a while does something spectacular in one of these games with either a long touchdown run or he just plays well. So what I'm going to do is my idea for the game tonight is some Devin Duvernay, some Pollard from the Cowboys, mix that in there with some of the surer things and, uh, and see how it works out. And how about you? Yeah, so I, I look. There's no Mark Andrews, right? He's out. He's out in this particular game. So uh, we're going to see Lamar Jackson look to some other weapons. I actually think Hollywood Brown is going to have a big game tonight. I talked about this a little bit the other day. Um, I think he's been making some noise, but I think this is a game where Hollywood shows up. Dallas is not a terrific um, defense, obviously. I see. I see Hollywood with a very big game. Could see a couple of touchdowns, over 100 yards. That type of that type of night for Hollywood Brown. I think they're going to get him the ball early and often. I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, you know that Devin Duvernay actually does something in this particular game. On the Dallas side, uh, you know, interesting. I think this will be. I think this will be a Sergeant Schultz game um, where you'll see Schultz catch a, catch a bunch of balls in this particular game. I mean, look, I love the receiving core of the Dallas Cowboys, but they're on the road. We've talked about Amari Cooper on the road. CeeDee Lamb, you know, a little bit more inconsistency on a week-to-week basis. But I think he's been looking at Schultz a little bit underneath, so I can see him catching five or six balls in this particular game. He'd be a guy that I'd be sprinkling in the lineups tonight. And uh, you've been red hot now. You're on a nice two-game winning streak. And the last time we talked, you thought – the Cowboys are going to be very much in this game and maybe even win the game. Are you loving the Cowboys with the points tonight? Uh, winning the game, no. That's the, but, but I do like the Cowboys. I think I'm getting nine at the, as we speak right now. I, and I, I, yeah, I like the Cowboys tonight. I think, uh, I think the Cowboys are coming off of a long break, uh, playing on Thanksgiving last. Uh, the Ravens are getting a few players back on defense, but they're not getting everyone back. I know Dobbins is going to be back in this game. But, yeah, I think this will be a closer game. Uh, Andy Andy Dalton certainly has a lot of experience playing against the Ravens, so he does know what to expect. So it's not like he's coming in completely naked where you know, a guy like Prescott wouldn't see them as frequently. But Andy, uh, Andy Dalton has been playing against his team for a number of years now, knows what he's going to get from a defensive perspective. So I think that's important. I think nine points is a little aggressive for me. I'm going to make one prediction in the game. I'm going to predict that Justin Tucker will kick a 58-yard field goal tonight. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All righty. One, <laughs> one random 
<laughs> random prediction for Justin Tucker. How about that? That's a, that's a good one. All right, so we'll wrap it up there. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, Wiz. Uh, I'm sorry we're taking a couple of day break, but I, I will be with you on on Sunday morning to discuss our love them and leave them and our and our game picks and our player props. Uh, hopefully, Sunday pe- morning is perfect. How he can listen to the podcast while he shoves those four egg McMuffins right down his mouth. He it's may great. have. By the way, how he might have a McRib uh, on his other. Uh, on his other shoulder uh, at the same time. He loves those McRibs. Rib, yeah, he can't wait for them to come back. No question about it. All right, Wiz, enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk on Sunday morning. Uh, everybody be safe out there, and we'll see you later as we head into the first round of playoffs in fantasy football. You got it. <laughs>